That's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Miller, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. Rivalry week has come to the Premier League. So we have a big Chelsea, Fulham, West London derby return to the Premier League. Arsenal will host Tottenham in the North London derby. And Liverpool are going to host Everton in the Merseyside derby. That and a host of other games are coming up in our preview pod. I'm Alex, here with Javier. Javier, what's up, man? How you doing? Not too bad tonight. How about yourself? Pretty good. I'm, uh, I was excited to see uh, th- these three games that I just mentioned that are going to be coming up on Sunday. But uh, the rest of the slate, Saturday, a little disappointing. We have a Friday game to look forward to, but all eyes are on Sunday. Uh, do you think they planned this? Do you think they m- were looking at this weekend and were like, okay, we're going to put all three of these derbies, quote, derbies, in uh, on the same day and just go for broke here and just like pull everyone in for one day rather than make them watch like a bunch of games over two days. Uh, I, I mean, they probably saw it on the schedule and, and planned it as such just because of the Champions League games and Europa. I, I think that you couldn't like you can't you can't play like Arsenal or Chelsea on Saturday when they have Europa on Thursday and the Champions League games on Wednesday. What Liverpool was in that. So I think. You know, it's 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 you can play them on Saturday, but obviously you prefer to put them on Sunday. So I think it just kind of lined up that way. Well, let's get started with the Friday evening game. Cardiff City will host Wolves in a game of two promoted teams at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Andrews picked a Wolves bounce back win one nil away at Cardiff. Uh, I have a one one draw. Javier, uh, how do you see this one going? I think this this is a the bounce back game for Wolves. As decent of Cardiff have been at home, I think that Wolves kind of have played to the level of their opposition so far this season. And I mean, it's possible that like what you say, that it's a one-one draw. Like they get dragged down to the same level as Cardiff, and they're as terrible as they as they were last week. Um, but I think that Diego Yota starts this game, and I think that they they have a little bit of a bounce back game here. So I, I got two one Wolves. Yeah, I had to eat crow a few weeks ago about Cardiff, so I'm going to place a little bit of trust in them at home against a team that, you know, they'll probably be playing pretty similar styles. Yeah, I mean, they played them twice last season, so it's not like they don't know what this team is capable of. Yeah, exactly. Saturday will start at Selhurst Park. Crystal Palace will host Burnley at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Andrew has 1-1. I have a 2-1 win for Crystal Palace with uh, Wilfred Zaha probably back in the swing of things. Javier, how do you see this one shaping out? This one could be a could be a snoozer. I got I got nil nil. I don't. Uh, these teams are both going to be desperate for a result, but I think they're they 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 both lack very sorely the in goals, the uh, in the, the goal department up front. That's where but, I think uh, they're lacking. I thought Burnley were terrible defensively, Javier. That's what you've told me. I think yeah, but I think that's that's they're going to try and short up this week. I think that's they're going to in in training they're going to they're going to be working on defense, keeping a clean sheet, and I have a feeling this is going to be a KG one. This will be one that Crystal Palace will have uh, circled on the calendar ever since uh, the the start of their season where they haven't been playing that well at home. Obviously got the draw against Arsenal a few weeks ago, uh, getting their first couple of goals uh, at home on the season. Uh, but 
This one, they'll be far more optimistic about getting points. Also at 10 a.m., Leicester City will host Watford. Andrew has a 1-1 draw. I have a slightly more high-scoring affair with 2-2 and Javier. What do you think? I have 2-1 Watford. Sorry, 2-1 Leicester. I've been going back and forth. (laughs) But I think this might be a bounce-back game for Leicester, too. They haven't been great in the last few weeks. And Watford haven't been that great either. Uh, so I think this might be might be a little bit of a slugfest, and but I think at home, you know, emotions will still be riding a little bit high, and you know they've had a few weeks to process all of it, but it seems like it's still maybe slightly weighing down on them. But they need a win to, to lift the spirits. <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. they they need a they need an, another win to to lift the spirits. So I have them I have them doing it here. Yeah, they had the away win at Cardiff to uh, get the uh, right after the incident happened. Right. Uh, but obviously they drew, I think it was Burnley right after that. And obviously got yeah. the draw at Brighton. So it, it, it's hard to get a, a read on Leicester because there's not really a template for how this is supposed to go. Like what is an acceptable amount of time for a team to grieve and uh, get back to playing their best and consistently winning games again. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm picking two, two just because I, I don't trust, either of these teams defensively and like you said they're both pretty desperate to get back on the uh, winning track so I think that shapes up for a pretty high scoring uh, entertaining match uh, Man City are going to host Bournemouth at 10am also on Saturday Andrew has 4-0 Manchester City I've got a 3-1 Manchester City win I think uh, seeing Bournemouth play against some of the top sides this season you, you've seen them find the right balance I think overall between defense and attack and, and, they're, and they're a little more Industrious and not, I don't want to say conservative, but they do tend to resort to counterattacking football a bit more, and they'll be they'll be comfortable without the ball in this game as Manchester City or will likely dominate. So I think they'll get a goal and be able to hold Manchester Manchester City to a respectable three one result. Which honestly, at this point, I think any team outside the top six going to Man City and losing three one, you probably think, oh okay, they right, that was a good must result. have played pretty well. <laughs> Says more about Man City than it does uh, their opponents. Uh, Javier, how do you see this one going? Uh, similarly to what you said, I think that Bournemouth are a good team. Unai Emery really overrates them. I mean, he he claims that they're up there with Manchester City and uh, and Chelsea as the best teams we've played this season. But yeah, I mean, I've got I got a four one win for City. Usual romp. Bournemouth get a get a goal. You know, they they are good offensively. I I could see them getting a goal, maybe a penalty. But um, yeah, I don't I don't see anyone coming close to City so far. We may see some rotation this weekend. Uh, Sergio Aguero and Raheem Sterling both got 90 minutes in the uh, 2-2 draw at Lyon on uh, Tuesday Don't say that, Alex. So uh, we may see uh, them get a rest for the likes of Riyad Mahrez and uh, Gabriel Jesus and players like that. Jesus wasn't even on the bench today, so kind of odd. Yesterday, you mean? Yesterday, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm guessing there's going to be some rotation. I don't think it will uh, lead to too much of a hiccup for uh, Manchester City. Uh, Andrew doesn't seem to... Disagree, and obviously neither do you. Let's uh, jump to Huddersfield hosting Brighton at 10 a.m. Andrew has 1-1. I also have 1-1. And Javier with even uh, even less faith. What do you have for this one? I have nil-nil. This is going to be another one of those snoozers. Yeah, I was saying to you uh, before the, uh, the, the we started recording, you're just hedging your bets with picking this one and the Palace-Burnley game at nil-nil. Like, just betting one of these is bound to end nil-nil. I mean, it could I just I think that these these games are usually cagey. Um, 
you know, away, a team like Brighton away to Huddersfield, you know, they're not going to be opening up themselves too much. Huddersfield have had a few good results in a row, and they could even get a win here. I I wouldn't be shocked if they got a win. So, like, you know, you guys saying 1-1, 0-0. I don't think there's going to be a lot of goals, but I think, you know, if there's a goal, it might be the winner. Yeah, it's it would be one of my picks for the uh, most likely one nil, but I'm I'm bet willing to bet one one. Uh, Brighton have some away from home demons to exercise, and uh, away at Huddersfield should be one of the places they would look to try and get points because ever since last year they've honestly struggled to get points away from home. So the final 10 a.m. game on Saturday will be Newcastle hosting West Ham. Andrew has one nil Newcastle. I have a two one win for West Ham. And Javier, how do you see this one playing out? I've got one one. I wanted to, I wanted to have faith in Newcastle like Andrew, but I don't think they're going to win four games in a row. And I think, I don't think they're going to lose this either. Like you have, I, I, so they definitely I, could. It's not out of the realm of possibility that they continue playing well. And West Ham They've, aren't like a tough opponent. Well, yeah, West, West Ham are on a super tough phone. That's why I have a draw here. But I think West Ham are going to be pretty desperate. They haven't had great results recently. Um, after a little bit of a revitalization under Pellegrini, they've come back with a um, couple not great results in the last couple of fixtures. I mean, they did play Manchester City, but you know, I'm sure they're going to be looking to, to get some points back on the board, and they don't want to get sucked back into that relegation trouble because a, a bunch of the teams under them are winning games and picking up points. So the pressure's suddenly back on. Yeah, I just kind of decided a few weeks ago that I'm going to favor West Ham in any game where they have the superior talent. And Newcastle, I think, is one of those games. You know, in the forward areas, West Ham, Arnautovic, and Felipe Anderson are going to be licking their lips over this game. So uh, this is actually a candidate uh, over Manchester City-Bournemouth for me, uh, a game I would probably want to watch most, uh, either this or Leicester City-Watford, during that 10 a.m. slot. Let's jump to the final game of Saturday Southampton hosting Manchester United at 12:30 p.m. Andrew is uh, is betting on United's goal scoring woes to continue and for them to pick up another nil nil draw like they did last week at home against Crystal Palace. I've got a little bit more belief than Man United. I, I I don't know what it is about Old Trafford at the minute, but it's not a great place for them uh, goal scoring wise. I think they go on the road to Southampton, who are a team in a nosedive at the minute, and they get a two nil win. Yeah, I mean, I, you, you seem to be in the same sort of brainwave as me. Yeah, I think United win here too. Um, I think this is just like a typical place where Mourinho goes and and gets a win. And I think just when teams try and set up defensively against Jose, which I'm sure Southampton will. I mean, they'll be at home, so they have the onus to attack. But like they've, let's be honest, they haven't really gone out and attacked anyone this season. Maybe maybe that Watford game, but you may um, see them target that first ten or fifteen minutes where other teams have managed to get at United. To get at early. United, yeah, but then and, they'll and probably retreat back into right, the more and and that's play. where I think that you know when you retreat into a shell against Mourinho, you know he's you can't beat him at his own game, and uh, I think that you know the they had a interesting one nil result at the weekend that qualified them for for the knockout rounds of the Champions League. You know, maybe maybe that'll you know boost the team a little bit. So I got I got a two one win for United, and I, I I think it'll be pretty easy. I think like like you said, they might go up two nil, and then Southampton maybe late charge get a goal, come back. Um, they haven't gotten very many clean sheets this season, so I really don't trust United to get clean sheets right now. But I do think that they have enough to get something out of this game. I also if if they don't get a win out of this game, if they get a draw, then I mean they're just gonna be in. St- 
they're, they're, they're just out of top four at that point. You almost have to like they fire Mourinho are. to salvage your seat. No, I think they still have an outside shot. They I mean, have if an they outside shot. The manager, like, I think they would have an outside shot depending on. Yeah, who or they, they make in. maybe they maybe or they drop like 150 million in January and you know find mm. three good players or something. I don't know. It's but very unlikely. It's Man United. It's very unlikely, but you know you never know what they're going to do. But it uh, in classic Mourinho too uh, during the midweek. You know just. Getting a one nil win from a Fellaini uh, knockdown, like nice a, finish. A Lukaku knockdown to Fellaini, right. and then he backed the defender down and put it in the bottom corner. Basically, Mourinho's two favorite players like linking up to score, and like yeah. he was like, yes! like picked up an entire uh, case of water bottles and chucked them onto the ground, like just destroyed them. If yeah, you haven't yeah. seen the clip, like you got to go watch that. On it's, yeah, definitely go watch it, but. I don't know if it was as much uh, happiness as it was. Oh no, it was definitely rage. Some sort right? of some sort of combination of anger and relief. <laughs> he was, yeah, he did not seem like a happy manager, even winning in the 90th minute. I would just say you can say that United haven't been great at picking up clean sheets. Uh, I'm just going to go off the back of these last two clean sheets they've gotten against Young Boys and uh, Crystal Palace. Those are teams about the level of Southampton right now. I can see United going on the road and getting another clean sheet here. Let's turn now to the Sunday games. Rivalry week, as I mentioned at the beginning of the pod. Chelsea and Fulham will uh, be there for you bright and early. 7 a.m. on a Sunday morning at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea uh, will play at home against uh, Pauk, a Greek team tomorrow from uh, Thessaloniki in the Europa League. Uh, but that will also be at Stamford Bridge, so no traveling necessary. I think you'll see a lot of rotation in that in that game. Probably a, a good, maybe maybe two or three players from the usual starting team playing. Uh, but uh, no one that would be affected enough uh, playing Thursday and Sunday. You'll probably see like N'Golo, uh, maybe one of David Luiz or Rudiger and uh, Kepa, of course. So I have 3-1 uh, Chelsea. I don't think it's going to be a easy 3-1. I think it's going to be a fairly contentious game. And Andrew has a scoreline Probably a little bit more realistic with Chelsea's goal-scoring woes at the minute. Uh, he has 2-1 Chelsea at home. Uh, Fulham, we've only seen one game of the Claudio Ranieri era, but it looks like they're obviously going to continue uh, from the end of the Slavisa Jokanovic era in trying to be a little bit more solid and defensive and uh, looking to counterattack quickly with plenty of well-timed overlapping balls to the likes of Sessegnon and Schürrle out in wide areas. I think I mean we're all in, in agreement here that Fulham are going to score away at Stamford Bridge, and that honestly I don't think Chelsea should be at that point. But it's a little bit of a dip after the loss to Tottenham, and uh, it's just a reality now that someone like Mitrovic, someone like uh, Shirla, is probably going to come back and get a revenge goal against us. Uh, Javier, how do you see this one going to? Yeah, I think I think now that you're talking about, it, I think I'm going to change my mind here. I think I had three one Chelsea, but I think I'm going to do three two Chelsea. I'm. I'm not confident in Chelsea's ability to keep it anything close to a clean sheet right now. I think that considering the performance against Tottenham last week um, and the manager bump slash, um, you know, probably a little bit more confidence that Fulham have from that win that they got, I think it's going to be a, a lot harder of a game. So I have 3-2 I have Chelsea, and, you know, we were talking about this before the pod. I really don't like where N'Golo Conte is playing right now. Um, I think that after he got to a Euro final, won the league with Leicester, sorry, won the league with Leicester, got to a Euro final, won the league with Chelsea, 
won the World Cup with France, all playing from a center defensive mid holding position, being the best player in that position in the world for the past two years, to then suddenly be moved by Maurizio Sarri to a more attacking role where he needs to be pressing the strikers. It's not like he wasn't doing this before anyway. Like when I watched him play against Peru, he was the deep-lying player, but you could see him wherever the ball was shifting. He would move toward it and keep, like, keep himself in position to always recover, always be the like one of the last men to recover in case the ball ever broke. So it was almost impossible to score on that France team because of N'Golo Conte. They used him as a same. third center back. They used him in like a back three in the center almost, of it almost, when they would be was, attacking. Exactly. So they had they had a back three defending counterattacks that was Varane, N'Golo, and uh, Umtiti. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's why they were so good. Uh, even when they had to go forward and get goals, they had those three players. It wasn't just N'Golo on that team. There was plenty and, of other good defensive talent. Watching him, watching him like live and just throughout those two years, I mean, it's so clear that that's where his position is. That's where he needs to be playing. That's where he has the most influence on the game. I think that you watch him playing in that position that Sari has him, and it's not that he's bad. He's still good. He still gets recoveries. He still presses well. Um, he's even good in link up sometimes and, and he's still good in transition, but what he's not really that good at is scoring goals and, uh, putting the final pass, the key pass in and several times in the Tottenham game, you could see he was given that responsibility. You know, he was the guy who got the shot in the box. He was the one making the late run, or he was the one who had to pay, play the key pass to Hazard and Murata and he couldn't do it. And I don't think he ever will. I don't think that's something you need to like ask him to do or to learn how to do. And I think it's a little bit too much to be asking him to do that. I think you should let him focus on the role that he is clearly the best in the world at. And he's defined a new role, you know, that other players now strive to be like him. And, uh, you know, it's it's what Torreira is doing for Arsenal right now. It's it's great to have someone in that position. It makes you my like you feel so much more comfortable, especially on like counterattacks. And I feel like Chelsea are just open to that now. There's multiple times on counterattacks, especially against Tottenham, where, you know, you guys were just carved up by, you know, Son or Ali or whoever it was. And N'Golo Conte was behind the ball, running back, chasing back. And usually, yeah, he recovered, but that's not where you want N'Golo. You know, you want him to be there before that breakaway happens and stopping that breakaway. So I don't know. That's my my two cents. I'm sure you have uh, your your response to that now, Alex. Well, I mean, we talked about it a lot on on, on the Tuesday pod that came out in, in response to that Chelsea loss to Tottenham. But I just want to approach it from a slightly different angle. That yeah, I agree with you that maybe over a uh, the, the long term, maybe we see Chelsea shift to that maybe with that more of that four two three one that we talked about with N'Golo sitting a little bit deeper next to Jorginho. But for the time being, I don't think the poor performance of one game that led to one loss on the back of what was it 15 in all competitions uh, games where Chelsea didn't lose and won the majority of their games I don't think Fulham at home is going to be a game where you see you see Chelsea divert from that system in fact they'll probably use it as a another opportunity to improve in the 4-3-3 with a with one midfielder sitting deep that midfielder being Jorginho they're going to look to try and improve in that system before they change the system and one result uh, no matter how bad it may look on paper is going to change that uh, for now it's an interesting thing to keep a look at. Maybe Mauricio Sarri kind of changes his mind and uh, adapts to the Premier League, or maybe he stays stubborn and sticks with it. I don't know which one of one of those I would prefer him to do, but I know what he's going to do for now, and that's stick to the system that's gotten us here. 
Once again, Andrew had 2-1 Chelsea. I had a 3-1 win for Chelsea, and Javier has a 3-2 win for Chelsea. Following up the West London Derby, we're going to have a North London Derby Sunday at 9 a.m. Arsenal will host Tottenham at the Emirates. Andrew has a thrilling 2-2 draw between these two. I have a 2-1 win for Tottenham, who have, uh, so far this week, in this these big three games that we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, have a 3-1 win at home against Chelsea and a 1-0 win at home against Inter today in the Champions League. They're not going win, 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 Alex. That's yeah, so I, ridiculous. Okay. I mean, we are going to how stop do you think this is going to go, Javier? Give us, give us your score prediction. Yeah, we're going to win 3-2. I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be back and forth. I don't think there's any chance that we keep a clean sheet against them, but... I think that there's no way that we don't score at least two goals. Um, you know, I'm, I think I'm, you should have gone two one Arsenal. To be honest, I think three two is too high scoring. It might be. It might be. Uh, I, it might be a little ambitious. Because I agree with you. Tottenham have gone through hell this week. They're probably going to be looking to be a bit more conservative and, be tired. and deep. Yeah. Um, but their counterattacking, I think, is going to tear you guys to shreds if they if they approach the game anywhere. With anywhere near as good of preparation as they them. did against Chelsea, I think they'll have something planned out for how to isolate the likes of Xhaka. I just don't. And I actually don't think we're gonna. We can. We can beat them with only two goals. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think that, they're scoring think twice that, like, for sure. Yeah, I think they score twice, and I think that we need to score a third goal if we want to win the game. So that's why I have three two because, I mean, most likely the the, the score is probably going to be two two, but. I mean, I I want to believe that we have that extra gusto at home in this derby. We've been we've been having an eye on it since the Bournemouth game. I mean, we've rested players for that game. It was very very risky what what Unai Emery did, but we had an eye for this game. And I mean, we're taking only half our squad to Ukraine tomorrow, and you know you know we you may see Lacazette get you know twenty minutes or something, Aubameyang you know maybe fifty or sixty, but. Most of our key players are going to be arrested, and you're going to see a lot of the kids trotted out. And you saw Tottenham's full team play 90 minutes versus a very strong interside in a very intense game. So I think that, that's going to give us a little bit of benefit. By the way, do yourself a favor and watch the run that Musa Sissoko makes to set up Tottenham's goal today in that Inter game. He's on a roll right now. I don't know if yeah, he's going to be able to continue it. Well. We, we've yeah, shit on him plenty in the past in this podcast, but you know I have to step up and recognize someone playing well when when they are doing so. Uh, I don't know if he'll play in in this one. You know, you may see Pochettino rotate a little bit after he, he played majority of the minutes in both these uh, Chelsea and Inter games. But uh, I, I guess it's good to see Vertonghen back for them. I, I heard originally that he was going to be out with an injury until after Christmas, but he pl- came back for the Inter game today. They got the clean sheet at home with him and, uh, I believe, Yeah, Alderaro. it's a little scary. It's a little scary that he's back. You know, um, you, you'd obviously, you'd like the I idea of going Juan against Foyth. Juan Foyth. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's who I wanted, but, uh, you know. Hey, he might still start. It seems like uh, Pochettino likes him. Yeah, but I feel he likes him in games where he feels like Spurs are going to have the lion's share of the possession because... I mean, he just played him against Chelsea, and they yeah. crushed you. Crush you. Like, he, he can't they had, like, they not had like the, him. They had the lion's share of the possession in that game. Yeah, but they won't have the lion's share of possession against us. Not right, that's, that's why I'm saying that I don't think he'll play Foyth in this game. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, the only oh, thing so that good. Foyth so you, is... So you admit that Arsenal's a better team in possession than Chelsea? Uh, no, we were away, and... 
Tottenham basically outplayed us. It was a it was right, a, and they're not going to outplay us because we're not because they're not going like to they're not going to try to. They're on the road. They're coming off two very difficult games. They're probably going to try and make this a bit of a choppy one. You're probably going to see. Damn it, Alex! You're not taking any of my bait right now. You may even I'm just see like a red trying card to like shit one. on Chelsea, and you're just like, oh well. It's going to probably still win. It's going to be a clunky match. Uh, that Tottenham will come out on top. It of. was you being bad, not them being good, Alex. And you're going to see it in this game. Watch them thrash us like 3-0, and I'm just not coming on the pod for like two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if that I'll be, happens, I'll be, uh, we may, I'll be, uh, we may have to get a Tottenham fan uh, on. And busy, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, well, I'll call, come over to your house, and I'll uh, feed you chicken noodle soup, and we'll uh, record together, Javier. We'll, uh, no. we'll get through it together. <laughs> All right, let's just hope that never has to happen, because I swear, if we put in a performance like what you guys did, and they destroy us, I don't, I, I don't know if I can, like... Come out and like face, face, give a public face again, you know? Javier, it's just football, you know? It's not the end of the world. Uh, also, it's a league game, you know? You can always recover from the. Yeah, uh, but this a is our most game important game of the season, to be honest. Like, I, I was going to say, is this a must win for Arsenal? This is an absolute must win. Okay, well. This is Unai Emery's first London, North London derby. This is our biggest home game of the season. We don't play any, anyone else bigger at home all year. This is. Maybe if we played a uh, oh actually if we played a Europa League final with them or with Chelsea th- that might be a bigger game but nothing else would be a bigger game than this so you know if you win this game you buy yourself a lot of brownie points with Arsenal fans and I I know that Unai Emery is going to be doing everything he possibly can to uh, to win this one and, and and prep the guys for it so I'm I'm really excited for it. I hope we I really hope we show up and 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 don't let this Tottenham side continue this good run of form cuz you know, they look kind of unstoppable right now because they 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 were they kept winning through that bad run and now they look to maybe have like they have all their players back. It looks like they're turning that corner and like I want to stop them from turning that corner like stop them dead in their tracks from here cuz if they if yeah. they get a win here then who knows what the ceiling for them is this season? You know, maybe they could. You know, they could push. They could push it like they usually do again. <laughs> they could print more T-shirts, more T-shirts uh, to go even with when their. Tottenham play we well, pushed Leicester for the title. Them. We pushed yeah. Chelsea for the title. <laughs> right. So this um, year they're going to push City and Liverpool. Do yeah. so I saw it was really hilarious on Twitter today? Uh, journalists complaining uh, about being told by their uh, their employers to go out and watch uh, the arsenal Vorskola game tomorrow. Uh, they got plane tickets and everything. The game was supposed to be in uh, Protovia. I can't remember the name of the place where Vorskola play. But the weather is so bad, it's like negative 10 degrees or something. And they, there's parts of the country that are under martial law from uh, the, the conflict with Russia that's going on out there. So they've moved the game to, to Kiev. And as you mentioned earlier, Arsenal have decided to fly out uh, a youth side. And these journalists are raging that they have to go into the cold, miserable, war-torn Ukraine to watch an Arsenal B team go and play a Europa League game. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, that's probably the last game I would want to uh, go out and do. But that, that was the, see, the, yeah. that's the non-glamorous side of uh, being a football writer, I guess. Uh, it's not always uh, World Cup finals and Champions League nights. Let's jump to the final game of the weekend, the final game of Rivalry Sunday. Liverpool will host Everton at Anfield at 11.15 a.m. 
Andrew did send us some thoughts uh, about this game, but I deemed them not good enough for <laughs> for your uh, listening. There's a lot of wind noise in the background, so just kind of give you guys an abridged version. Off the back of that loss at uh, Paris Saint-Germain today, 2-1 in, in, in Paris, that's put them in a rather precarious spot in uh, the, their group in Europe. Andrew feels like the the, the, the flat three midfield that's usually made up of uh, Gini Wijnaldum, James Milner, and uh, Jordan Henderson just isn't quite cut out for it at, at this moment. Not that it's quite been figured out, but it's not quite as dynamic as it had been in uh, in the past. I, I kind of tend to agree with him. With Firmino dropping off, I don't know if you need that flat four. You can probably afford to play Shakiri out in the wing, Salah further forward, and have Firmino basically playing as that third midfielder effectively. And in that event, you can have uh, the likes of, I think it was Wijnaldum and Fabinho. Andrew said that he expected to start this weekend against Everton with uh, Henderson's uh, suspension coming into play. Uh, Those two in midfield should be able to control the game enough uh, against Everton at home to free up those front four players to really get at this Everton back line. Andrew and I both have 3-1 wins for Liverpool. Javier, how do you see this one playing out? I've got a little bit of a Champions League hangover for Liverpool here. I've got a 1-0 win for Liverpool. I think it's going to be KG. I don't think it's going to be uh, an easy win for them. And I expect Everton to, you know, do what they've been doing the last few weeks, which is, you know, batch it down the hatches, get the get the defense solid, keep a clean sheet, and then... Do you mean batten you know, down the hatches? Batten... What did I say? Batch it. Batch it. <laughs> batten down the hatches. Uh, so that's what I meant, Alex. Um, but... Yeah, I think I don't know. I, I I see this being a little bit more difficult. You guys have three one. I don't I don't know. Liverpool haven't been as free flowing and and scoring goals as they usually have been. So I think this Everton side are pretty good defensively. I don't see Liverpool scoring three goals against them. At most, I see is two. So um, I was torn between two nil and one nil, but I think the the, the Champions League hangover is uh, is apparent in this one, and uh, I'm gonna say one nil Liverpool. I just think the pressure of not really being able to get out of your own half against uh, Liverpool at times is going to be a bit too much for Everton. I don't really see an area in Everton's forward they some, line. They have some good that, midfielders that can hold the ball, though. Sure, like I, just don't, I just don't know if I see uh, too many Bernard, players going forward for Everton that I think are going like, to routinely threaten Liverpool on the counterattack. I mean... Richarlison's going to have to play probably one of his best games in an Everton shirt to really threaten Liverpool, I think. Uh, we're not sure if we're going to see Joe Gomez play again at right back after he played there for uh, the PSG game, or if Alexander-Arnold will come back in. But uh, if you it's the usual... Alexander-Arnold's going to play after, after Right, you know, I feel like scoring. it should be like Trent, Alexander-Arnold at right back, uh, Gomez, uh, Van Dijk, Robertson, the, the usual rest of that back four. It all really depends on how they approach that midfield shape. We, uh, you know, Klopp may stick with the four-three-three. Andrew and I may agree with him. Uh, Andrew uh, doesn't think the three-flat midfield is is working too well right now. But Klopp may disagree, and Klopp may think that the someone like Fabinho can step in man for man, or, or someone like uh, Keita can step in man for man to replace uh, Wijnaldum or Milner, and that they'll improve that way. So it's hard to know. If Liverpool continue in that flat 4-3-3 midfield, I could see it being a 1-0 win and kind of a more grinded-out affair. But I think uh, I think Shakiri, it's going to be too tempting of a, of a fixture to not play all four of Shakiri, Mane, Salah, and Firmino. You know, it's not it's not a it's not a mystery that Everton's away form against the top six is awful. They haven't. I don't think they've won at Liverpool for something like twenty plus years. 
So I'm going to trust that uh, Liverpool are going to be able to continue to take advantage of Everton's poor form. This Everton side isn't sixth place, though. They are above Manchester United. Yeah, but I'm talking about historically. All right, but I'm just saying. That nil-nil draw with Chelsea was amazing for them. This is probably the best Everton side, um, depth-wise and talent-wise, that has been. I mean, David Moyes had David Moyes had had really good sides, Everton sides, but I don't know if they ever had as much talent as this Everton side has now. I think now when you look at their bench, when you look at even some of the players in the reserve and some of the youth players they have, I mean, this is a very deep Everton team, and they could definitely challenge for that sixth spot this year. So. I don't. I don't have this being um, as you know easy of a win as you two have. I, I think it's going to be a lot harder. And I they're going to have to prove I, it to me I've, a bit more they've, first. They've, I've I've grown to respect them recently. Um, I think that they are finding defensively their feet, which they hadn't found earlier in the season. They were scoring goals, but they were, weren't keeping clean sheets. I think now they're keeping clean sheets, and I don't think they're going to keep one here. But I think that they're going to they're going to make it hard for Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I don't, I don't think that's too far off. Uh, I, I just, I need to see it Pickford's first from, good from Everton against the top six side away or a top four side away because, like I said, historically, it's not been good for them recently. I just need to see them change my mind first. That about wraps it up for all the Premier League games. Uh, while we've got your ears, uh, go check out a bonus pod we released earlier today. We Javier and I last week during the international break, we ran through all of uh, the rest of Europe's top five leagues talked about some big storylines and uh, gave our picks for a couple of young players that uh, we, we found interesting from each league and a couple other topics but go check that out that's on our SoundCloud and uh, iTunes right now obviously check out the preview pod for uh, last weekend's games and keep an eye out for next weekend's preview I'm Alex you can follow me on Twitter at ASMOS92 and obviously on Instagram at the same tag you can follow Javier on Instagram at, at JavierRev9 Andrew's Twitter and Instagram is Andrew Pissarro. Go follow us on at Ghost Goal Pod, Twitter, Instagram. Go like and fi- uh, review the pod on iTunes. Give us a comment. Help us out. Hope you enjoy the games this weekend. And until next time, see ya.